I'm Adam from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and today we are going to be talking about some non-traversies in Magic the Gathering. Before we begin, let's get some ads out of the way and you know what? Roll that clip. Well hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on magic singles and magic sealed product available. So your father's a nerd. Unfortunately, there's no player's guide to raising a family. But this podcast is meant to be a family's guide to nerdism. Join us, Alec and Zuby, as we go in depth as to what it's like to raising a family of nerdlings and the adventures and hardships of fatherhood. We dive deep into our favorite nerd topics and talk to you about how it's related to raising a family. You can find So Your Father's a Nerd on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Calling all Dungeons & Dragons fans. If you like actual play podcasts, then I urge you to check out a new one. It's called You Meet in a Tavern, starring a halfling monk with a Napoleon complex, an honorable human paladin with an arsenal of horrible impressions, and an animal-loving half-elf druid whose bonds are covalent and mortgage-backed. We are four twenty-somethings with dull jobs by day, letting our inner nerd kid shine through our first ever D&D 5th edition campaign together. Come listen to our quest on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at YMIA Tavern. That's you meet in a tavern, because every good story starts in a bar. The Magic Wazubi podcast can be found on the following iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, mtgcast.com, podcastradionetwork.net on every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Guna Geek Network at gunageek.com. If you wish to email Magic Wazubi with any questions, send me an email at magicwazubi, or I mean mtgzubi at gmail.com. Magic Wazubi is also on Facebook at facebook.com slash magicwazubi, as well as Twitter at magicwazubi. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Magic Magic Wazubi YouTube channel. Just search for Magic Wazubi on YouTube, and we're also on vid.me as well. Be sure to subscribe and rate and review Magic Wazubi on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. That really helps us out a lot. And don't forget about our Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwazubi. There's a lot of awesome tiers out there for you to check out and be a part of. So before we get into some non-traversies about Magic the Gathering... Let's talk about some Magic the Gathering I've been playing. I've uh, been playing a little bit of Cube with the wife. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before I finally finished the Cube. And last night I drafted this sweet blue-black deck. And let me just go over what I drafted real quick on it. Um, I lost terribly, though. I did not have 
oh excuse me as as usual i finished dinner i did not have like any ways to stop it because she drafted red green and just freaking owned me ridiculously bad uh i drafted a crit breaker phantasmal bear ponder a uh, relentless dead ultimate price boomerang key key to the city is it yeah key to the city a dark dabbling phyrexian ghoul a uh, recover divination filigree familiar Gravedigger, Youthful Scholar, Talran's Invocation, Docent of Perfection, um, I think, yeah, that's a Stormkirk Patrol, Voldoran Pariah, Treacherous Urge, Garalf's Masterpiece, Icefall Regent, Scuttling Doom Engine, and Pearl Lake Agent. Yeah, my deck was a little bit too slow, and she just basically drafted Elves, Beast, and Burn. Just like, shit. And she's pretty new to drafting, and altogether we did a... um. We did a sealed cube for the first time, so that was a lot of fun. Got the idea by Mark at Life Begins at 20. Shout out to that fine fellow over there. And um, yeah, I mean, as usual, have I've had a lot of fun making and building that cube. I'm starting to slowly get some ideas for what additions I want to make to the cube. But I mean, it's not going to be anytime soon. Not yet, at least. And I've been really trying to figure out balancing the colors first this was the first time doing sealed in where we had it was just two players so we had 180 cards because we did 90 cards each and just to really see the power of the colors um, because the past few times that we played the cube it's either we did a really basic draft you know really basic um, like booster draft type or we've done like a Winston draft I want to do a glimpse draft next but um and white has definitely seemed a little overpowered but it's really hard to say for sure because we haven't really played enough of the other colors yet uh, I've drafted white two times already I've had my wife has drafted blue white or not blue white uh black white and that was really good reaver demon plus true conviction super good combo it just kind of kind of wrecked my day there but yeah it's like i said i i still love my cube love it i'm gonna slowly make additions to it you know in the show notes i'll throw another link to my cube again so anyone who hasn't seen it yet can definitely check it out so we just had pro tour Amonkhet happen this past weekend and it was pretty exciting to watch i watched a little bit of the first day watched more of day two and i tried to watch as much day three as I could with the top eight. And I wanted to talk about the top eight real quick because the top eight seemed very diverse and it was actually really exciting to see no Mardu vehicles. Now, the biggest thing is people are going to start complaining about Marvel, which it is warranted because Marvel is not the most fun card to play against. I mean, it's basically collect a company version two and if you don't know what Aetherworks Marvel is, it's a four colorless legendary artifact. Whenever a permanent you control is put into a graveyard, you get one energy. You pay six energy. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may cast a card from among them without paying its mana cost. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And usually that means they're trying to find a free Ulamog, Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. And since Aetherworks Marvel casts the card, the Ulamog cast trigger does go, go in an effect where it exiles two target permanents. So a lot of the games that were being shown in standard were a lot of Marvel decks where 
they get the six energy and they spin the wheel to see if they get an Ulamog or not. But what was definitely interesting was seeing the amount of zombie decks out there, which I was personally excited about. And congrats to Jerry Thompson for winning with mono black zombies. Um, if we quickly take a look at the top eight decks, Chris Fennel was on white black zombies, which definitely seemed really interesting. Um, I really like that. Uh, where is it? Yeah, he had Binding Mummy as a white zombie. Uh, and he had Wayward Servant, which was pretty interesting to see too. Wayward Servant being whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So with having a lot of zombies being played anyway, that's just going to help you out even further. Uh, with Dark Salvation and... Yeah, Liliana's Mastery creating more zombie tokens, as well as Diagraph Colossus, which was a complete sleeper card that no one ever played, and now it's just shot up in price, which, you know, good for that, good for that card. So I we're going to expect to see a lot of zombie decks now, uh, white-black variants, and definitely mono-black. So Ken Yukihiro was on Black Green Energy, which has been... You know, a common deck scene, not black green, but just any kind of energy variant, such as red green or Jund, which is my personal favorite. But I definitely like this black green energy variant. It's um the card that I was a little bit surprised to see the most was Glint Sleeve Siphoner, which is a one in a black two one with menace. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you get one energy counter, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay two energy. If you do, you draw a card and you lose one life, which that can be very helpful in the long run there. Uh, Ken Yukihiro was actually also the only deck in the Pro Tour to actually register four Bone Pickers, which is also pretty interesting. Bone Picker being the three colorless and a black bird creature. Bone Picker costs three less to cast if a creature died this turn with Flying Death Touch and a 3-2. So there was at one point where he, Ken Yukihiro, I can't remember who he was up against, but he put three bone pickers out in a single turn because he, I think he fatal push or grasp of darkness something. So he put nine power with three mana on the board. That's just insane. But that's also really awesome. So I'm almost kind of tempted to see where this deck goes. Since I have that Jund energy, I can easily trade this all in for, you know, black green energy, which it's pretty exciting. It looks like a pretty exciting deck to play. Uh, there was Mark Tobiashk, Tobiashk on Team Aetherworks Marvel. Uh, you know, standard Marvel variant that we saw a lot over the weekend with, you know, spinning the wheel and getting Ulamog out. Uh, then we had Christian Calcano, which was a big fan favorite to make top eight. And he was playing Mono Black Zombies. Uh, then there was Martin Mueller with Team Aetherworks Aetherworks. Teamer Aetherworks Marvel spinning the wheel again and getting out some Ulamogs. And then there's Jerry Thompson, the winner of Pro Tour Almond with Mono Black Zombies. And we also got Eric Froelich, uh, Teamer Aetherworks Marvel. Uh, Yuya Watanabe playing Teamer Aetherworks Marvel as well. So there was one, two, three, four four Marvel decks and there was one, two, three zombie decks and then the one black green energy. So all in all, I mean, a lot of people are speculating that we're going to be seeing a lot of Marvel decks and for this standard, which, you know, I'm almost kind of okay with 
because getting rid of Aetherworks Marvel is super easy to do. We have a lot of artifact hate. We've got a lot of counters. Um, once Ulama gets out, there's, I mean, we have a lot of good exile spells. It's just, you know, he's indestructible, so you can't destroy him. So I can see a lot of sideboards changing to where it's going to be a lot more artifact hate. And then sweepers are also going to become very popular as well, too, with the amount of zombie variants we're going to be seeing. Sweltering Suns is going to be a must. Is Yeheni's Expertise going to see any play? Maybe. I don't know. Yeheni's Expertise does negative three, negative three to all creatures, and you get to play a card for free. So that may start seeing play as well, too. And I'm just kind of excited about it all. The Pro Tour itself, it's... Like I said, even though there's a lot of Marvels, um, I'm, I want to remain optimistic that I don't think Marvel is going to remain the top contender for all of standard, but I'm, you know, I may have to bite my words a couple months from now and see if that is true or not. So like I said, I'm excited to see what the future holds for us here. So if you haven't heard by now, Magic Wazubi, AKA me, am participating, <laughs> I'm participating in a 1v1 Content Creators Cup for 1v1 EDH, which is being hosted by the Card Bazaar and They Said We Said. I recently appeared on They Said We Said, what, couple weeks ago now or maybe a month ago now? And by John Dunning or Orzov Dunning. And he's a really cool guy. And definitely check out that episode where I was on. But I'm really excited about this Content Creators Cup, uh, 1v1 EDH. Uh, we're going to be playing by the MTGO rules. So 30 life um, going up, you know, whatever the ban list is for 1v1 EDH right now in Magic the Gathering Online. And I am ready to get wrecked. I mean, I'm playing Rise of the Redeem. I'm playing a uh, budget version of Rise of the Redeem. So... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. Um, I will definitely let everybody know on Twitter when the matches go on. Not just my match, but also everybody else's match as well. And I will link the announcement video in the show notes as well, so you all can see them talk about all the other players who are invited to it as well. They are myself included, Chaz Volpe or Vlope. Uh, who is on the MTG Goldfish podcast and Quiet Speculation Writer. There's Orcs Head Jordan. There is Total MTG, which is a good buddy of mine who's been on the podcast. There's Rogue Deck Builder. Uh, Sambal49. He is a Magic the Gathering streamer, if I remember correctly. Uh, Nizahan Magic, who does some pretty cool YouTube videos. And then Tasty Snackies, who is another YouTuber as well, who does some pretty good videos and we're all going to be going up against each other and seeing who wins the first round or the first uh, 1v1 Content Creators Cup, which I am super excited to be a part of and just want to give a shout out to Coach and John for inviting me to be on the Content Creators Cup. I really appreciate it and I'm excited to be a part of it and I'm ex- excited to be a part of season two if there is one, you know, if you if I can be invited again or whatever, I'm down for it. It, it's just really cool to do that. So like I said, dev, um, definitely look out for my tweets for when the videos go live there. I will make sure to share them out and all that other good stuff. All right. All right. All right. So it's now time for the main topic 
of today's show. And this has been a topic I've been mulling over for a long time now, just thinking about it, whether or not I want to do it, you know, am I going to receive any feedback? I mean, not just feedback, but any, uh, I mean, of course it can, it'll receive criticism or like any kind of bad criticism. And it's not that I'm afraid of criticisms. It's just more of a, do I really want to go through this? But you know what? After the last episode of So Your Father's a Nerd, Alec and I talked about toxicity in gaming. And, you know, I figured it kind of warranted its own little episode on Magic Azubi about the Magic the Gathering community. And this has just been something I have been witnessing for a while now. And it's been on most Magic the Gathering communities that I follow, um, whether it be MTG Salvation, Reddit, or Twitter, or even Facebook. And it's getting to a point where it's just getting very, very tiring. And, of course, what I'm about to say, it will sound very hypocritical because it's going to sound like I'm grandstanding and proselytizing. Those are going to be my two favorite words to use during this. So, I mean, let's just dive right into it because why not? So there's been a lot of talk, which it seems recently, like past two weeks, maybe two, three weeks, that a lot of people are having problems with Twitch chat. And if you don't know, the big problems with Twitch chat are usually when ever a female is present on screen during a Magic the Gathering stream or more of a Star City Open or Pro Tour, especially a Pro Tour. And a lot of people are just complaining that Wizards needs to step it up and do something. Which, you know, they they do, I guess they do have something they are doing. Which is they have mods that block people or ban them or just mute them. Whatever whatever they do. But, I mean, it's... What's frustrating about it is they the people that are discussing this, which I know they have good intentions. I'm I'm not, I'm not taking that away that they don't have good intentions, but it's almost like they're trying to fight fire with fire. The best thing that wizards can do about quote unquote toxic chat is just what they're already doing. Just having mods, banning people, kicking them out of the stream, uh, you know, muting them, w- whatever mods do to stop people from saying all that crap about, and it's not just towards women. It's just about anything, you know, and it's, it's almost like, I, I guess what I have a hard time understanding is you're not gonna, you're not going to change it. People are still going to come into Twitch chat and still be retarded and dumb and say stupid shit Th- that you're never going to stop that. And now I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything, but I think the best course of action is what wizards is already doing, b- banning people or muting them from chat. So I guess what gets me frustrated about it is I see these people talking about it and talking about it. Like we need to do this. We need to do that. You know, we can't have these kind of people here in the community Well, it's almost like you're giving them power because you're talking about it. And like I said before, it's, this is going to probably sound really hypocritical, but I, 
I don't know. Sometimes it's just, it's almost like I can't get all the words out. I can't get it all out the way I want to say it, but the way I, about how I think it. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating to see it because it's just sort of like, well, pretty much all wizards needs to do is just implement mods and boom, be done. And that's it. You know, there, there's nothing else we can do about it because people, you're not going to change people. You're not, if people are going in there with the intention of trolling, they're going to do it anyway. Even though you yourself may not like it, how they do it. Oh, well, I mean, you, you can't, you can't change people. They're going to do it. People are going to do things to piss other people off. That's just the way humans are. Is it the best? Do I agree with them doing it? No. I mean, but you, you can't stop them. You know, you can disable chat if you want to do that. Sure. Why not? You know, that way other people can start up IRCs. People still use IRC, right? Or am I just showing my age here? Or um, Discord. Discord's really popular. You know, people can start, you know, Reddit can start its own Discord channel, but you're still going to come across the same thing. People are going to be shitty and you're still, you're going to have shitty people, you know, because one of the fun things with watching magic on Twitch is chatting with other people about it while it's going on. Um, granted, it does get a little hard to chat about magic when there's 40,000 people watching it because the chat is just going, you know, a thousand miles a minute. But, you know, and it's just, I don't know, folks. It's th- This is just one part that's just frustrating to me because it's, people telling what other people need to be doing but it's like you're not going to change twitch chat so i guess that's the end of how i feel about that is one implement mods ban people who are stupid mute them ban kick them out whatever but you're never going to change twitch chat it's just not going to happen you can tell people ahead of time you can have rules in chat hey this is not allowed but people are still going to not follow the rules you're still going to have people that just say, fuck you, I'm not listening. I'm going to, you know, say, ooh, this girl's ugly on, on stream. And you're still going to have people do that. It's unfortunate, but it will happen. And like I said, mods just need to keep doing what they're doing. So I'm just going in circles here now. So the next one that I saw on Twitter, and this is what I see a lot of times. And this is also a frustrating topic. Because this also sort of deal, this is sort of like two topics in one, where there's always tweets after every pro tour how there's no women competing or there's no women in the top eight or how women need to be shown more on stream. And just to start off the bat, I am not against any women being on the pro tour, not against any women showing up on stream, but it's always, it's always this thing I see. And it always makes me wonder, well, what are what are you going to do to make that happen? I mean, wizards themselves have already set up all available conditions to allow women to be on the Pro Tour. There is no separate women's league. They, I mean, there's no restrictions for being a woman to be able to play professional magic. I'm just going by wizards' point of view here. Everything in their rules and in their stance and their official stance, they have nothing that blocks women from being able to compete at higher levels from Wizards' point of view. Now, this sort of goes into another topic where 
that I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of women. I've had them on the podcast. Um, I know I've definitely talked about, talked to Emma Handy about this and Chris from the girlfriend bracket that conditions at LGS local game stores are really shitty. Um, you know, they, women face rampant sexism there. They face just really shitty conditions. I mean, I'm not a, I mean, I'm not a woman obviously, but I've been to some game stores where it's like, I never want to go here again because the people's attitudes are just really bad or really clicky. And you can just tell all around it's a shitty place to be. And of course, for the majority of competitive magic players, they have to go to these game stores to compete and to get better and to be able to qualify for the pro tour. Yes, there are ways to do it online, but sometimes that's not as easy as compared to paper or vice versa. So when I see something where someone says, Hey, we need more women at the pro tour. And then all these people are talking about, yeah, yeah. You know, wizards needs to do more wizards needs to do more. And I'm just like, what more can wizards really do? They've already set up all guidelines and standards that they don't have anything blocking women themselves to be able to compete or to be able to go on the pro tour. But from everyone that I have talked to and that I've seen and listened, a lot of the major blockages are happening at the local level. Now, should wizards police the local level? I mean, now you're getting into territory of, you know, you can't really tell a local business what they can and can't do. Now you can have guidelines set by well, what is it? The Wizards Play Network. I guess you, Wizards Play Network can have guidelines set, have you know game stores to adhere to. I mean, not that, not that they you know have to follow, but you know they have to adhere to it. And if people make complaints to the game store, Wizards can investigate it and drop them from you know doing official sanctioned events. Yeah, sure. But you see, that's oh man, that's always it's always like. So back and forth because there's what can you do to really alleviate shitty conditions at game stores? One, you cannot go to them so they don't make money off you. And, but if you really like the place or it's the only game store in town, talk to the owner about it. And if they don't seem to care, like I said, just say, well, screw you, buddy. I'm going home. All right. I mean, you have to remember, you don't have to give them your business. You can vote with your wallet on that if they are a shitty game store. And like I said, the whole women up pro tour, that's it really to me feels like it's two topics that intermingled. I feel wizard wizard. There, there's really nothing wizards can do because they've there's, there's nothing that stops women from going to be able to compete on the pro tour because wizards doesn't set any restrictions for that. So they they're doing everything they can. Um, there are some, oh God, what's that one company? Is it a company or a game store? There's one that gives incentives to what women who compete at GPs or opens and depending on how well they do, they get a booster box or something, you know, something like that. That's, that's good incentive, you know? Oh, excuse me. I mean, that, that's a pretty cool incentive. I forget. I got to look it up. Maybe I'll put in the show notes if I find it, but no, there's, so that's, that's cool. You know, that's cool that that one company or game store does that where if you're a woman and you, I don't know, get top 32 in a tournament or top 64, 
you know, they'll give you a booster box or something like that or a free play mat or something like that. So that's cool. That, that gives a little bit of incentive. But, I mean, when I see the arguments going back and forth about, well, Wizards needs to do more, it's like, what more can they really do? I mean, that's almost showing favoritism and it's honestly not fair. But I also see from the other side that it is harder for women to compete because of the shittiness they have to deal with. So, like I said, when it comes to the local level, either don't patronize that store or you just talk to the owner and say, hey, listen, what can we do to make this place better? But if they still don't care, then you vote with your wallet and say, well, screw you going home. Um, so one of the biggest things that I talked about on the SciFam podcast with Alec was there is a lot of, and I, I used this word earlier, there is a lot of proselytizing in the community. And I'm proselytizing about proselytizing. So I, I get that I'm being very hypocritical about this. So just take my words with a grain of salt. And what's frustrating about it is there's so many people that will go on and on on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook, saying, well, this is how people need to act in the community. We can't be having this or that. We can't be doing this or that. People need to act X, Y, Z. And you know what? That turns off a lot of people. No one likes to be told what to do. All right. That's just kind of normal for humans. If I go up to you and tell you, hey, look, you know, you suck at doing this. All right. You need to do better. You know, me, I don't have to do this because I'm already good at it. All right. You suck. You you need to work on this. You're going to look at me and be like, well, fuck you, buddy. I don't care. Screw you, you know, or let's give it a magic example. If I'm, you know, I see you acting, you know, shitty you know you're you're in a group of group of friends and you're saying a sexist joke for instance and and there's a woman nearby i go up to you and be like well you know you need to stop saying those sexist jokes you need to stop doing this and that you know blah 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 you know you're just gonna look at me and just be like well fuck you i'm gonna do what i want you know that almost like amps the um amps the person even more to be like screw you buddy all right um and it's like, I know I've, I've been through that. I, I know what it's like. Um, no one likes being told what to do. And it's, it's frustrating when you see other people doing it because it's all it's going to do is the people that feel like they're on the other side. They're just going to double down and be like, fuck you. I'm going to keep doing it. You know, you can't tell me what to do. Um, and the, one of the things that like I was trying to say before that, I was talking about on the SciFan podcast with Alec is learn to clean your own room before telling others what to do. And what that basically means is work on bettering yourself before telling others what to do. Learn to make yourself a better person and hopefully others will follow suit. Uh, One of the people that, you know, have inspired me in terms of just content creation you know, all together is day nine. And let me just preface this. I don't follow day nine now, ever since he got out of the Starcraft two scene, you know, I've seen a stream in it when he does hearthstone and some other games, it's still enjoyable, but there will be, <clears throat> excuse me. 
there will be nothing that compares to the the content that he created for starcraft and that that's just my opinion people may like his non-starcraft stuff which that's fine you know you're entitled to your opinion there it's just that's just not my cup of tea um and you know one of the things i always loved going back and watching was his 100th episode of his starcraft show where he talked about you know going into starcraft and with his brother tasteless and you know just going just talking about his passion you know he is the type of person who rarely especially my time of knowing him in the starcraft you know he rarely ever showed anger um you know no kind of weakness where he would just tell people off or anything like that he was always a good upstanding member of the starcraft community and he is always the type of person that I want to try to aspire to be. It's like, I know I'm never going to be just like him because I know I have really shitty days. I mean, there are days you'll see me on Twitter just be like, fuck everything. I don't care. And I'll just, not that I want to try to start shit, but I'll just see stupid shit on Twitter and just be like, all right, muted. All right, blocked. All right, I'm just blocking you forever because I don't want to see your shit. Um, and, it, and it's definitely apparent now in the political environment that we're in where it's just like both sides, Republicans and Democrats. I... I'm at a point where it's just like, I don't fucking care about either side right now. Both of you suck. All right, out. Get out of my face. So I'll just mute or block you. Um, just that simple. But, um, yeah, and I can't recall a time where he, and he was like at the top of the StarCraft community, and I can't recall a time where he would ever tell people like, well, you know, this is how you all need to act because there are some bad apples in the StarCraft community. I mean, yes, there were always bad apples in the StarCraft community, but I can't remember a time where people were really proselytizing others to, well, this is how you need to be. You know, we can't all act like this. There, It was one of the things that always stood out to me about StarCraft was no matter what, and this is true in Brood War and in StarCraft 2, you always started a game with GLHF, meaning good luck, have fun. Both people would do it. The loser who knew he was going to lose the game or did lose the game would always respond with a GG and then leave the game. GG meaning good game. And that has always stood out to me because I have taken that with me in other gaming. And I try to also take that with me in magic when I go to FNM or, or play face to face is I always try to tell the opponent, good luck, have fun. And then I always try to tell him good game afterwards. And, you know, it's little things like that that can really change how you react to people and that's where I sort of circle it back to where learn to clean your own room before telling others what to do meaning better yourself and other people will want to aspire to be like you um good example um you know it's there there's always certain people I really enjoy playing magic with at FNMs or Saturdays or whatever it be because even though they may whoop my butt or you know we have really close games and they may not seem the most approachable person but if they tell me hey you know that was a really good game that was really exciting it was really close just be like yeah it was you know it was really cool and I'm not talking about in a dickish way either just more of a 
is more of a friendly, like, oh man, you know, that was, that was really cool when you did that one thing with the card and, you know, I thought, I thought I had you, but then you countered it and, you know, just stuff like that. It's always fun. And it sort of makes you appreciate the person more like, Hey, I really enjoyed playing with you. That was cool. You know? And that's one of the things that still draws me to magic is the interactions. So what am I trying to say? You know, if you want to better the community, better yourself. If you want others to stop being shitty, start with yourself and show what type of person you yourself want others to be like. Sort of like respect is a two-way street. You properly present yourself at tournaments, you know, comp REL events, and then maybe slowly someone will just notice something and maybe take a little bit of something you did and do it themselves and then so on and so forth. I mean, this isn't going to be a super fast change. I mean, it's it definitely when playing face-to-face, people are going to be shitty to each other, especially with money on the line. It's, I don't know. I'm not saying that no one should do anything, but like I said, that was one of the biggest things that we talked about in the SciFan podcast was better yourself and others will follow suit. Be the person who others should aspire to be. Focus on yourself. So I had a little Twitter exchange and I just wanted to read it real quick with things Missy say MTG SNL, who is part of the direct damage podcast. Um, she was she had a tweet that said, my life experiences are different than yours. Sorry, Penny must be wrong in quotes saying 90% of the drama in the MTG online community starts here. And then I responded back the amount of non traversies in the MTG community every day gets extremely tiring. It really does. It just gets very tiring. It's hearing it over and over again, where it's just like, Oh great. We're going to have others tell everybody else what they need to do. And then she responded with, we spend so much time being offended and sharpening pitchforks, but so little looking for actionable solutions. So I like that response. So I responded with the actionable solutions start with ourselves instead of trying to impose all these moral standards to others. No one likes proselytizing. And I think that sort of perfectly describes my stance on all this grandstanding that people like to do online is that if you want something to be done, start with yourself instead of trying to impose your will on someone else. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, take with what I said, a grain of salt. You know, if you, you may hate what I said, you may think I'm wrong and everything, you know, maybe I am. What do I know? I'm just freaking Zuby here. I don't really know anything, you know, I, I just freaking, you know, do a podcast and, you know, pray someone listens to it. <laughs> but, um, that's about all I've got to say about that. Uh, I mean, yeah. So like I said, if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed listening to me ramble on, uh, you can hit me up at Twitter at Zuby, Zuby, magic with Zuby thinking it's, um, one of my other podcasts. And you can also on Facebook, facebook.com slash magic with Zuby. I am also magic with Zuby is also on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, tune in radio, mtgcast.com podcast, radio network.net every Tuesday night at 9 PM Eastern. And also on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. 
and you can find me on YouTube, vid.me, and all that other good stuff. So if you liked what you heard, definitely, you know, you can reach out to me for some feedback. I'd love to hear what you all think. Um, always love hearing from listeners, and I really, really do appreciate it. Maybe I may not be the fastest to respond to you or anything like that because I'm usually pretty busy at work. I try to work as much as I can and then, you know, try to be with my family as much as I can. And um, so I'm not always the best at getting back at people. But I do do just want you all to know that I do appreciate every single one of you that do listen to the podcast. And it does mean a lot. You know, it's I've been doing this for over a year now. And it's just there are definitely, especially an episode like this where I talk about all this crap that happens on the online community. There are definitely weeks where I see all this crap happening. And I'm just like. Why, why am I still doing this? Why, why do I want to be a part of this crap where all it is is people telling how others should act and should be? And it's just like, it, it's frustrating and tiring where I'm just like, can't, and it's almost like, can't we all just get along? It, but I do sometimes feel that I'm like, all the worries that a lot of that are out there are one, not important in the grand scheme of things. Now, I'm not saying they're not important to you, the individual, but just in life in general, they're not important in the grand scheme of things. And if you want something to be done, start with yourself. All right. The one thing that I I have talked about many, many times in the podcast is rational emotive behavior therapy. And I know I've I've had many episodes dedicated to it. I've, I think I've had two or three by now, maybe three. Um, and it's, I, it's something I'm going to have another episode about it. I know I will down the road. And it's, it's something that I feel is very important to really get into for that kind of, to really try to learn to better yourself and to be able to react to things better. And he said, this was just an episode that's just been brewing in my mind that I've wanted to do for a while, but it's just sort of like. I mean, if there's any potential backlash, it's, you know, oh, well, uh, I'll deal with it. I mean, I doubt there will be, but who knows? You know what I mean? So, like I said, thank you all for listening and listening to me ramble. And like I said, I appreciate every one of you. It's maybe I don't say that enough. Maybe I don't interact with you all enough, but I do appreciate the magic community. It's this is one of my favorite games of all time. It's I, I love magic. It's but what makes what makes the game the best game for me is the people. The people that I play with at the game store, the people that I interact almost every day online. And you know who you people are that I interact with daily. It's you know, I do appreciate it and I love you guys for it. All right. Um all right. So this is Zuby signing off and everybody have a great night.